Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Burgundy Network Podcast with Josh Taylor, HTTR. What's up, Redskins fans? Welcome to the third episode of my position evaluation and prediction. Um, just this offseason project that I've been working on leading up to the draft, getting you ready, looking at each position and seeing what our needs are and how we can fix that. Uh, first off, thank you for tuning in again. Uh, definitely appreciate all the support that I've been getting leading up to this. Um, so if you share the page, leave reviews on Apple Podcast, uh, anything like that, Definitely appreciate it because uh, the pod listens have doubled since coming back solo. Um, so it's a huge thank you because honestly, none of this would be possible without y'all. So y'all are just as part of this as I am. So just a huge thank you. Um, and like I said on the last episode, I'm actually going to be giving a t-shirt away on this episode and actually have the winner. So stay tuned because you don't want to miss out on that. Uh, so I asked on Twitter which position I should really take a look at this week. And it was a close race, but the safety spot kind of edged out the wide receiver spot. Uh, But don't worry, if you voted for the wide receiver spot, I'm going to do that one next week. That one is very intriguing also. But the safety spot is really interesting to me because, you know, we know we have Landon Collins, but it feels like we are really missing that one piece. And the way I see it is when we look at this is we need that other starter across from Landon that complements him well. And then also we need some depth. You know, I'm really not confident in the roster that we do have. So what I'm going to do is take a look at what our current situation is like. Take a look at the free agent market, which honestly looks pretty scarce, but there's still some great options out there for us. And then as always, I'm going to be taking a look at the draft. And to me, this might be one of the most underrated positions in the draft this year. I think there's a lot of potential guys out there that could really come in and make a difference. Uh, But don't worry, as always, I'm going to be breaking it down. Uh, But one thing is I've been getting some feedback, just people, you know, thanking me for going over the college prospects and possible draft picks. And um, that's one thing I thought about is, you know, not everybody watches college football as much as I and some other people do. But I definitely appreciate, you know, people sending me guys, you know, they have questions on saying, hey, you know, what about this guy? Do you think he'd be a good fit for the Redskins? I've been seeing his name pop up some kind of curious on it and honestly like I appreciate people reaching out to me like that and watching these guys you know they're probably guys I've seen throughout the season but if it's someone that I'm not familiar on I have no problem you know looking them up or even send them over to Adam uh on Twitter you can give him a follow at the BNG report great guy I'm sure you've seen his work but if if there's anyone that you ever have any questions with Feel free to send him over to me or him. You know, he's. I think he does a way better job than me. I'm not some pro scout or anything like that. I'm just a fan of the game, uh, and I enjoy watching football. So I just I love the process, love the sport. Um, so if there's ever anyone you have a question about, send it over. But to me, uh, one thing that if you're not really familiar with, you know, college players and stuff like that, I highly encourage you to just make a list of guys leading up to the draft. You know, whether if it's guys that I've talked about on previous episodes or that I'm going to talk about in the upcoming episodes about other positions, or if it's just guys that you've heard on other podcasts or you've seen their names pop up on Twitter, make the list. So when you're watching the draft, especially in the later rounds, you really don't know what to expect. You'll see some guys and you're like, okay, yeah, I remember seeing this guy. I heard he would be a good fit for the Redskins. You know, it gives you something to really watch out for. And to me, it makes the draft more interesting. So I always have this list of guys. I mean, essentially, it'd be like my big board, I guess you would call it. But to me, it just makes everything a lot more fun, especially in the later rounds when there's so many options to go. 
I always have my guys that I really want us to go with. So I encourage you to do the same. And the draft is coming up very quickly. Um, the combine actually starts this week. So before you know it, it's going to be April. So uh, I definitely feel like this is a great project to work on to narrow down each position. And the safety spot for me is one that we really need to take a look at as well. So going into the season from what we had last year, the roster looks a little bit like this. We have Landon Collins, as we know, Monte Nicholson, DeShazer Everett, Troy Apke, Jeremy Reeves, and Maurice Smith. So for me, Landon Collins is hands down one of my all-time favorites from Alabama. As you all know, I'm sure, a huge Alabama fan. But to me, Landon was the top guy, and I loved his committing video when he was at the All-American game of his mom just getting pissed off that he picked Alabama. If you haven't seen it already, definitely go watch it because it's hilarious. Um, but to me, landing him and Reuben Foster was a dream come true. I couldn't be happier that we finally got these two guys on the Redskins to join Dron Payne, Sean Don Hamilton, Jonathan Allen, Ryan Anderson, just Cam Sims, you know, all these Alabama greats that I've just, you know, loved having on the team. But to me, Landon Collins was just, the the cream of the crop I couldn't believe it I wanted to draft him back when the Giants got him it was heartbreaking to see him go to another team in the division but I'm just glad we have him now to me Landon is one of the most sure tacklers on our defense and definitely in the secondary so one thing you watch his tapes you know people call him that quote-unquote box safety because he plays better in the box and not really in coverage you know run stop you know covering tight ends stuff like that in the middle of the field and I've never really liked that label on him. But, you know, to me, it's it's a compliment because not many safeties are as good as, you know, tackling and run support and stuff like that as Landon is. I think he's still great in coverage. And if you watch his tapes from the Giants, he showed a lot of coverage and interceptions and making big plays. And I expect more of that this season, not only because we finally got rid of the incompetent Minuski but because we are going to fix spots like the cornerback spot. So last year we have guys rotating in and out. Like I said last week on the cornerback pod episode, there's guys that we've never even heard of coming in. It's like rookies off the street and vets that you didn't even know played anymore and just signing guys. Another guy gets hurt. Another guy comes in. So when you're playing the safety spot and you're landing Collins, half the time you don't even know who's playing across the field from you. So to me, it's that lack of confidence of knowing like, okay, whoever's on that side of the field, I don't have the most confidence in that they're going to get their job done. Yes, I need to worry about my spot, but at the same time, I've got to look over everything and make sure no one lets this big play get away from us because I'm not going to let Josh Norman get beat again. And then if you take a look at another spot that also helps out the safety position, we have our pass rush. One thing that people have been claiming about is that when we get Chase Young, it's going to help out the secondary. The pass rush helps out the secondary because it gets to the quarterback quicker, makes stupid throws, hence the secondary taking advantage of that, making big plays, interceptions, whatever. But even with our pass rush last year, in the first part of the season, it was non-existent. We were like, okay, where's this Montez Sweat guy that we heard about? Where is, you know, Ryan Kerrigan? Why is Ron Payne and Jonathan Allen and Ioannidis not getting to the quarterback? But to me, as the season progressed, the pass rush got better, and that really reflected the secondary. I talked about last week guys like Fabian Moreau stepping up, making interceptions, and stuff like that. It really came at the hands of Ryan Anderson getting these strip sacks, Matt Ioannidis making big plays, Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne finally getting off their blocks, and it reflected in the secondary. Maybe not for Josh Norman and some of the other guys, but I think Landon Collins 
even though it didn't show up in the stats, like interceptions and stuff, I feel like he was playing better ball and he felt more confident in his play. Now, the Redskins did help out their roster by re-signing DeShazer Everett um, for three years for six mil. And, you know, even though he finished the season on IR, as most Redskins did in December, he is a solid backup for us, and he's a captain on special teams. So getting him for three years at $6 million, I feel like that was a huge move. I feel like that's something we really needed to do, not only for depth, but once again for special teams. Having him on there really makes a difference. But that covers the depth, but we still need that starter. And I think we can all agree that it's not Troy Apke, and I haven't seen anyone really defend that Monty Nicholson can hold down the free safety spot on his own. You know, with Troy Apke, I'm, I'm sick of seeing him play. Even though he had that one interception last year and it seemed like a fluke, he just doesn't seem to have that urgency that you want in a safety. When you look at guys like, you know, I'll talk about free agents like Trey Boston and Justin Simmons and uh, Anthony Harris, and then you put Troy Apke beside him, it's not a comparison. You know, it's not just because of his size and because he's small and stuff like that. He just doesn't have that safety instinct in him. And to me, he doesn't even tackle people. He just kind of pushes you over and just runs over to the crowd where everybody is and acts like he's doing something. So I can think that we all can agree that Troy Apke is not it. And with Monte Nicholson, he's really interesting because he does have good moments, but it's just not consistent. And, you know, we, we all know about what happened last year with that huge incident that came out of nowhere. And I'm not going to ever call someone guilty or say he's a bad guy. But then we know about the assault charge the year before that. To me, that's just not who you really want to invest in and make that your starter. You're not going to just put all your eggs in one basket for this guy and say, hey, Monte, we're going to stick with you long term. And it's not only because of the off the field stuff, but it's just the inconsistency on the field also. And then just like I said with the cornerbacks, you know, we do have some young guys that kind of just float around. We don't really know where they fit yet. So that's where I put the Jeremy Reeves and the uh, Maurice Smith because I'm not really sure where they fit. Um, to me, honestly, I think Reeves really has a good spot on the team. Maurice Smith was one of those late sign guys. Not sure if he's going to really make the cut. Uh, but I could see Reeves playing uh, special teams. I could see him just adding depth to it. So don't be surprised if he makes the team just because he's young and he has some upside to him. Um, but other than that, we're really looking to improve the position. So our only options is really taking a look at the free agency, which, like I said, might be a little scarce this year, and then the draft, which might surprise a few people. So I took to Twitter. I really wanted the fans to kind of speak their mind and see what they thought about the situation and has a lot of good feedback. You'll hear two different Redskins fans really give their input on this episode, send in some great questions and uh, remarks. I'm going to give some feedback on that and give you my reactions. But this one comes in from Gaston Jordan, North Carolina fan just like me. One thing I've realized since moving to Wilmington is that there's a ton of Redskins fans here. Love it. I thought I was just going to move into Panther country, but that's not the case at all. Uh, but this is what uh, Gaston had to say. And give him a follow on Twitter if you don't already, at G underscore running. But this is what he had to say. What's up, Josh? This is G running, your fellow NC Redskins fan. Um, I'm going to comment on the safety options that we have and take note that all players will be, you know, paired with Collins. I think my top choice would be uh, Trey Boston and you let him play the coverage, which is his specialty, and let Collins play the run. But you also have, uh, you know, Anthony Harris. I think he's the best in the game. If you can get him with not too much money, you go and get him. Also, Justin Simmons and Tony Jefferson is a top option as well. 
have a great podcast and keep doing what you're doing. So definitely appreciate that, Gaston. He made a lot of great points and had a solid list of some possible options for us to sign a free agency. And he made one good point. Laning Collins, like I said, kind of has that label as that quote-unquote box safety, you know, playing in the box, run support, blitzing. That's what he's really good at. So we really need that free safety to complement him, you know, play one high, play coverage, deep passes to where he's not going to get beat and really just hold down that secondary. So that's one thing I really took a look at with free agency in the draft also. I think the list for free safety is a lot bigger than the strong safeties are this year. I think most of the free agents and a lot of the top draft picks could really come in and they're more coverage guys than they are blitzers and run support. Um, So that's just one thing to really keep in mind. So I thought that was really interesting that you uh, mentioned. So great note on that. But starting out with the first one you talked about, Anthony Harris. So to me, he is one of the most underrated players in the league, actually ranked first in coverage during the 2019 regular season, and he would be a huge get for us. So I took some research out on him and really just dug deep into the uh, Vikings fan base and seeing what all was going on with that situation. And one thing that stuck out is that the Vikings on defense seem to be doing a huge remodel and, you know, cutting some guys out, letting some guys shop around. And, you know, this defense has been solid for a long time now. So it's kind of surprising that they're doing it. But with the cap and everything, they're in the boat with the same as a lot of other teams looking for these big name guys to shop around. But one thing that I really saw is that they are very high on Anthony Harris. So they're letting guys like Alexander, you know, Trey Waynes, uh, Xavier Rhodes, um, Everson Griffin really shop around and see where would be a good fit for him because they're pretty sold on Anthony Harris. Now his salary is more than likely to triple, but they're actually okay with that because they really want him to be the cornerstone of this defense and really build around him. So like I said, he's very underrated. You've heard of Trey Wings, you've heard of Xavier Rhodes, you've heard of Everson Griffin. Not everyone's heard of Anthony Harris, and he's the one that they're really looking to build around. Now one thing is really interesting to keep in mind. This week, the Vikings are actually meeting with the agents of Griffin, Waynes, and Harris and seeing what is all is going to take place. So that's something huge with the combine going on. Um, interesting to note that you know if Trey Waynes is cut or he's shopping around, he could also be another corner spot. So put that on the back burner because that might be a possibility also. But to me, it sounds like Anthony Harris is the best bet uh, to get that franchise tag. And they're just prepared to pay him anything that he asked for so to me I feel like he's the least likely to come to DC let alone leave his team in free agency I think he's the top guy that would just stay with his team and and I think that the Vikings are just going to make him a very rich safety and another name that you brought up was Justin Simmons so Justin Simmons is one of those young up-and-coming guys uh, at the safety spots really making a name for himself once again not a huge like household name you know, but he's one of those guys that I was very surprised to see that the Broncos might let go or let alone let him shop around because this guy is very impressive. If you watch his tapes and you take a look at his stats, he's played every snap in 2018 and 2019. He led all safeties with 15 pass deflections in 2019. He's got 90 plus tackles in each of the last two seasons, and he's got seven interceptions since 2018. So to me, that just screams, keep this guy. Especially, Chris Harris is 100% out of Denver. So if you're letting a good talent like that, a Pro Bowl talent, leave, you should be building off of another guy. Yes, you have Von Miller, but you need someone in the secondary that's going to hold it down. 
And Justin Simmons, he's not even expensive yet. His contract is very reasonable. For the product that you're getting on the field, Justin Simmons should be a no-brainer to keep. But for some reason, the Broncos are okay with maybe letting him go or even shop around and getting other offers. Um, so it would be really stupid to me to let him go, but I would be all over it. And he's actually a possibility for us to land. You know, it's not outlandish and it's not out there in space. I think it is a strong possibility, but I think there are some other players that have a stronger possibility coming to D.C. than he does. I've seen his name floating around the Cowboys fan base even, so hopefully he doesn't come to the NFC East. Um, if he does, I would love for it to be the Redskins, but I really think that the Redskins have a better possibility landing two other guys that I'm going to talk about. And it's one that you mentioned and one that you didn't mention. So the guy that you did talk about was Trey Boston. And to me, he's the most likely with his price and his connection to Ron Rivera. He's been all over Redskins Twitter. A lot of people are for him coming here. And when you check out his tapes and see how he plays, you can understand why. You know, to me, Trey would be the most likely bet because his price is as cheap as it is. You know, he's really bounced around a couple teams the last three years. He started out with the Panthers, then he went to the Chargers for a year, then he went to the Cardinals for a year, and then he went back to the Panthers for last season. So to me, you know, three teams in three years, that really lets his contract be as cheap as it is. And I think that he wants to go somewhere that he can really settle in. You know, no one wants to go to four teams in four years, let alone like five teams in five years if he goes somewhere else. So to me, I think he really wants to find a place that he can call home, and I think having Ron Rivera in a familiar face and having a defensive coach like Del Rio would really help him out and say, hey, this is a place I could see myself staying and playing with guys like Landon Collins. And I would feel good about that. So if you take a look, he's had 14 interceptions in the last six seasons and 11 have come in the last three years. So maybe going to a new place is good for him because that's when he has just flourished. Um, and I think that the same would come when he comes to the Redskins. I would see a huge increase um, in our production in the secondary, and I think we would all be ecstatic if Trey Boston came to D.C. To me, he's the smartest option, but there still is one more that I am very high on. And speaking of high value, that leads me to Carl Joseph. Carl Joseph is one of those guys that was a huge hitter in West Virginia, and he's a top free agent target in the NFL this season. So if you just go to Twitter and type in Carl Joseph, you will see so-and-so team is interested in Carl Joseph. And it's more than likely a list of all 32 teams because you want a guy like this. You know, he doesn't have those flashy stats like Byron Jones. He doesn't have the interceptions and forced fumbles, but he is just a baller. He's all over the place. He has great range. He's quick to get to the receivers. And he just knows how to make plays that aren't necessarily turnovers. But sometimes, you know, stopping big plays is just as good as getting a turnover. So just keep that in mind. And one interesting note is that Jack Del Rio actually drafted him back in 2016. So just like Trey Boston, he has a connection to this team. Even if it's not the Redskins, once again, he would like to see a familiar face with Jack Del Rio, someone who knows how he plays and someone that highly scouted him coming out of college. And I know you said Tony Jefferson, and to me, he's more of a strong safety um, I think that he has a better fit elsewhere. I don't really see him as a huge possibility coming to D.C. Um, still a great player. He's not going to last long out there on free agency. He had a great year with the Ravens. Um, you know, I think the contract just got a little too big for the Ravens. They want to keep some other pieces together and really build around some guys. They'll have to pay Lamar Jackson a ton of money coming up in the future. And I think they're just kind of paving the way for that. But someone's going to pick up Tony Jefferson. There's no doubt about that. 
Uh, but personally, I picked these four guys because two of them were more, you know, the flashier, more expensive. You know, even though Justin Simmons is still very reasonable contract, more than likely like four or five mil a year. Um, I still have him as more expensive than Trey Boston and Carl Joseph, um, who I would expect them to have, you know, three or four mil possibly a year. But to me, you know, we have those two flashy picks, but then we have two of the more likely realistic picks. And that's why I think that Carl Joseph and Trey Boston are the top two options. And personally, I think that Trey Boston is going to be in D.C. I think a lot of Redskins fans would agree with me. I've been seeing it for weeks now, and I would be ecstatic if Trey Boston did come to D.C. And to me, I think that he is the smartest option because the price is very cheap and you're getting a high value and a great player. So, what if we do get Trey Boston? What if we do get a great free agent? Do we even bother taking a safety in the draft? I say we do. But what if we just completely whiff on a free agent altogether and don't land anybody? And we're stuck with still Monte Nicholson and Troy Apke. Then we really need to take a look at this draft and find someone who's going to come in and compete and take over that top spot. So I think coming into April, we need to have a plan for that position because it's going to be very vital coming up. And I think that I have that plan. I had to take a quick halftime break to tell you all a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast, so let me explain. It is absolutely free, and they give you the creation tools that you need that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast right away with no minimum on listenership, and is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app like I did, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now back to the second half of the episode. So yes, the draft in April is very deep, but to me, the safety spot intrigues me because I think there's a lot of great prospects in there that's getting overlooked, and I think it's got a lot of people that's going to translate to the NFL very well. So I have Eric, as you know on Twitter, at Deers and Beers, commented in on what he thinks about the draft coming up, and he makes a very interesting point. What's up, guys? This is Deers and Beers. I just want to give my two cents on the topic of the safety position. Um, As far as I think, the free agent market for that position isn't very exciting. Everybody seems to be over 28 years old. Um, If we would take a safety in the draft, uh, the kid Fuller out of Ohio State I'm interested in. Um, he could be there in the third round, and he seems to be very physical. But I don't know if we even take a safety at that spot. I personally would rather take a tight end or wide receiver with the third round pick. So I guess my question to you is, if they do draft a safety, where do you realistically think that they will make that move in what round? Thank you. You know, Eric made a really good point. Maybe the free agent market isn't right for this position. Maybe we should rely heavy on the draft. Because like I said, there is a lot of guys that's going to come into the NFL and be starters and make a difference right away. Well, I'm here to tell you that regardless of what we do, take a free agent or not take a free agent, that we still have a plan that we can execute on and still take a safety. So I'm going to show you both scenarios, starting with not getting a free agent and relying on the draft. 
So, Eric, if we don't take a free agent and we're looking in the draft, yes, that third-round pick is looking like a wide receiver, a tight end, or even a corner possibly. But if I look at it, and if Ashton Davis from California is there in the third, it's going to be really hard to pass him up. So Ashton Davis was a stud in the Cal secondary, and he's going to be a great free safety that just holds down the top and man coverage from the slot. And he's just, he's best one high. So like we said, Landon Collins plays that quote-unquote box safety, really good and run support, blitzing, all that. But we need that coverage guy that's going to hold down the secondary. And Ashton Davis is absolutely that guy. If you go watch his tapes, that whole secondary for California was incredible. I think they led the nation in turnovers for a while. It was either them or Utah. But still, he is he is just a phenomenal athlete. And he has great range. And to me, that's his best trait, his sideline to sideline. So you see guys like, uh, I think back when uh, Leron Landry came out, you saw tapes of him literally going from one sideline to the other sideline so fast. He has that same trait. And to me, the one thing he does lack is his run support, but that's where Landon Collins makes up for that. So I think they complement each other really well. You know, his speed helps with his cover and zone coverage. He just has a great understanding of the defense because he's very versatile, and Cal used him in a lot of spots. So not only like the nickel sub playing the slot and playing one high and stuff like that, but he just has a lot of weapons, and he could be played at a couple spots. You know, and when the ball is in the air, he's very quick to getting there or very quick to getting to the receiver. So he's one of the faster safeties in this draft class. Um, and this safety draft class is actually pretty tall, too. I think everyone's averaged about 6'2", 205, and he fits just in that range, too. But if he isn't there, then we're taking a look at one of my other favorite prospects um, who might be available, and that's Antoine Winfield Jr. So the name might be familiar because Antoine Winfield actually played in the NFL for 14 years, I think mostly with the Vikings, if I can remember. I think that was like his end of his career was like when I started watching football the most. Um, but to me, his son, Winfield Jr., really has the opportunity to come into the, in- the NFL and play at the same level and with the longevity that he had. So he played as a true freshman in 12 games, and he was actually injured in 2017. He only played four games, so he redshirted. And actually, the same happened next year, which I didn't even know could happen. He actually redshirted twice. So two years in a row, he played four games, got hurt, redshirted. So his fourth season, he was actually marked as a redshirt sophomore, which to me is crazy. Um, so that's why it looks like he's so young, but really he was playing for four years. Um, but he is just a stud. His DNA is to be a playmaker and just be a ball hawk. So as soon as the ball is in the air, his first instinct is to go get it and to make a turnover and take it to the house. To me, that's just something that you're born with. It's not something that you can just teach. So I just love how he plays and his high IQ, just seeing the whole field. You know, he's a better run support tackler than most safeties, like I said, with Ashton Davis. So if you do need some safety help, he's great for that. You know, he might not be the fastest safety, and you just hope he stays healthy. But if he does, he's going to have a great NFL career. I mean, you think of the old ball hawks from our days. I think he's going to be somewhat like that. Yes, the, the league has changed, but he still has that mentality of just being a huge playmaker and creating turnovers. And I just love how this guy plays. Please go watch some Minnesota tape because he is a stud and you'll love it too. Now, say we don't take one in the third round. That's okay. Say you want to take that tight end. Say say Adam Trotman or Harrison Bryant's there, 
say you got that wide receiver in KJ Hill in the third round, or you have Damon Arnett, that corner from Ohio State that you really want because Dunbar wants to get traded again. That is okay. We have two picks in the fourth. We have our true uh, fourth round pick, and then we have that conditional pick that's going to be in the fourth round. And to me, there's a lot of talent still at this position that could come in and compete with Monte and possibly start. So there's a couple guys I've written down. That's Julian Blackman from Utah, who's kind of transitioned from safety and corner a couple times. And we'll talk about him a little bit. Then you have Antoine Brooks Jr. from Maryland. A lot of Redskins fans know him because he's a Maryland guy. And then Kayvon Wallace from Clemson. So Julian Blackman, 6'1", 205 from Utah. Great frame, long stride, has a great speed, and he's just very explosive. You know, he might be a smaller guy. Um, He kind of beefed up in his last season a little bit but he's not afraid of bringing the hit. He can lower his shoulder, cut off guys, you know, chop down those big guys, and he just has a very high energy that he brings to the field and great hands with getting out of blocks. Um, his cons would be that he could be a little better in run support, just, you know, his his assertiveness in getting to the line quicker. Um, and he can be a little too aggressive in his coverage sometimes, you know, over-pursuing guys. Uh, but still, he would be a great option, and to me, I don't think there's a doubt that he would be available in the fourth round. I think he has that strong uh, fourth-round pick, you know, projection cemented on him. So um, another guy, Antoine Brooks Jr., like I said, from Maryland, he's a he's a Terp, so a lot of guys like him. Uh, 5'11", a little shorter compared to the draft, but 213, so he's a little beefier than other guys. But he's a great tackler, especially in closing in and cutting guys off their routes. Um, So, you know, even if a guy does catch the ball, he's quick to get there. Um, He has no problem laying down the big hits, just like Julian Blackman. So if you've got that beefy running back and that beefy tight end, he's not afraid to get there like some of the scrawnier uh, safeties are. He's got a great anticipation for routes and breaks, and he has a very high IQ when reading the quarterback's eyes. Um, So when that quarterback starts cocking his arm back, he already knows where he's going to go, and he can get there quick. So that's one thing I really did like about him. Um, and he played a lot of nickel sub packages, so he could even play nickel linebacker and nickel corner and uh, slot corner. So that's very interesting to me that he could fill other spots. So if we do need a nickel linebacker, he could even come in on some packages like that. And then I guess like Monte or someone that we get in free agency could play safety. But it's just it's good to have that option to where you can move him around a little bit. Um, but no doubt he could definitely play in the safety spot. Um, I just think that he'd be a little better floating around some other positions um, in different packages and stuff like that. His cons is that his feet can be a little quicker. You know, it's kind of slower compared to other guys, um, and he could be a little better in man coverage. Um, and he seems to need to improve in deep. So, yeah, because his feet can be a little slow, he can kind of get burned deep a little bit. But once again, like I said, he can play in a bunch of different spots. So that's an interesting pick to me because he can still play that free safety spot. But if you do need a nickel linebacker or a nickel corner, he can come in for you in uh, different packages. And then Kayvon Wallace, 5'11", 199, one of the smaller safeties in the class. You know, not only height, but 199, you kind of want to see him beef up a little bit. It's kind of got that center of gravity, you know, being a shorter guy, you know, that size. Uh, but he plays nickel, free safety, and strong safety. So Clemson used him a lot of places, just like you see with a lot of guys like Julian Blackman and uh, Brooks Jr. They both played in a lot of spots. So having that option and versatility to play many spots in the field is a huge plus to the NFL team. And he's really good in space, and he really hones in on the ball and the receiver quick. One thing that you've seen a lot of guys, but he really stood out to me with that specifically. 
Um, and the con is that sometimes his size can cost him deep and he can uh, kind of hesitate and run uh, support sometimes because of that. So, I mean, I see that as pretty much what they say about a lot of guys, but I don't know how fair that is because at some point every safety gets beat. But still just a solid option in the fourth round. So taking a look at it, you have those three guys that could very well be top picks for you in the fourth round. Still great talent. And I know someone that you mentioned, uh, Jordan Fuller from Ohio State, he's projected late fourth. One thing just to keep an eye on with all these guys is that things can really change around with the combine coming up. You'll see guys fall. You'll see guys rise. So as if you look in mock drafts, they're all over the place. And I've seen guys that are projected in the early third be projected in the seventh. Guys like J.R. Reed from Georgia. Uh, safety, if he's there in the fourth, I'd even put him in there. I mean, seeing him at seventh round to me was absurd. Um, but he'd be a great get, too. I think he's about 6'1", 6'2", 205, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have it written down. Um, but just a great guy from Georgia that I watched play, and he's a solid player, too. But back to Jordan Fuller. He could very well be there in the uh, fourth round. So that second pick that we have could be uh, definitely an option for Jordan Fuller. Some people have him even slipping to the fifth. So to me, just really thinking about what's that gap like in talent. Do you, do you risk you know, getting that guy in the fourth, getting that guy in the fifth? You know how, how much of a talent gap is there? So that's what I'm saying. If we get a guy like Trey Boston, we can still get someone in this draft, whether it be the fourth or the fifth round. And I'm go, I'm a, I would be okay with that because we need that depth. And there's guys in here like Brooks that can play in different packages at different positions. And if you're like, no, Josh, you know, there's still going to be great receivers available in the fourth. We need to hone in on that or we need a good offensive lineman. Then great. I have another option for you. The seventh round, believe it or not, you can call me crazy, has some great talent too. You know, we found Jimmy Moreland last year, and I think he's going to be a solid depth piece for us. So I think this draft has some solid depth for us, too. You've got guys that can slip, like Levante Taylor from Florida State, Miles Dorn from North Carolina, who I've seen as high as the fourth, fifth round, as low as late seventh. Um, you've got guys like Reggie Robinson, the second from Tulsa, who's a great player, loved watching him play. That was such a fun team last year. Didn't really expect anything out of a Tulsa team, but they were a really fun team to watch last year, and he's definitely one of the players that stood out to me too. And um, once again, like I said, J.R. Reed, he might possibly slip. I think that would be a huge surprise that he would slip to the seventh round. I really think he's like a fourth, fifth round player. Um, but if he's there in the seventh, you absolutely take him. So the way I see it, you know, if we don't get that free agent, we draft one in the third or the fourth to compete and very well take over Monte's spot. But if we do, then like I said, we still have those guys in the fifth and seventh possibly. We don't have that sixth round pick, so remember that. Um, but there's still great talent in there that we could really add that depth to if we do land a Trey Boston. And to me, that's what I think is more likely to happen. I think we do get Trey Boston, and I think we either draft a guy in the fifth round or in the seventh round. I've even seen Shaheem Carter out there. Shout out to him, Alabama alum. Definitely would be hyped to get him. I see him in the seventh, possibly. So just the possibilities are endless. And like I said, once the combine is over with, we will have a better understanding of who goes where. So keep an eye on that. But the combine starts this week. So Thursday, February 27th, we've got the tight ends. We've got the quarterbacks. We've got wide receivers. Two spots that we're taking a look at. Um, and I think that really lines up perfectly because I can watch that Thursday 
break down more of what I see and do that podcast next week with the wide receivers. Might come out a little later than usual because the wide receiver position is going to be loaded like a baked potato at Longhorn uh, coming into the draft. It is the deepest wide receiver draft probably ever. Mel Kuyper's projected 30 wide receivers in the first three rounds, which would break the record of 25 or 26, I can't remember. But that, that episode's going to be ecstatic. I can't wait to do that. So I'm glad that one's first. And then Friday the 28th, we've got special teams, O-line, and running backs. Saturday, we got D-line and linebackers. Another need that I can't wait to break down for the linebacker spot. I know we all got some opinions on that one. And then Sunday wraps it up with DBs that I just talked about. So Sunday, if you're not doing anything, go to church, come in, eat lunch, take that nap. But then tune in Sunday and take a look at the DBs. And like I said, make a list. Look at some guys for yourself. Go to Draft Network and look at some DBs that might interest you. Write some names down. Dig deep into it. Listen to some pods. Check out Twitter. You'll see opinions everywhere. But I'm ready for it. I love the combine. Might sound silly. It's just a bunch of dudes working out and doing drills. But I love the combine because to me that's the future of the NFL. And that is the future of our team. And I know we all love the draft. And before we know it, the draft's going to be here in April, and I cannot wait. But I do have some more positions to break down. I can't wait to do that for you. I'll do wide receivers next, probably linebackers after that. I'm not really 100% sure, but I'm trying to line up some schedules with some guests coming on, so trying to narrate that and try to get that all lined up. Uh, Good things coming, and just once again, a huge thank you to everyone once again for sharing the pod and leaving the reviews. Uh, And the winner of the t-shirt, the very first giveaway... Shout out to Emmanuel. Great follow on Twitter, at Manny Chikuba. You're the winner, man. Shout out to you. Uh, Appreciate the reviews and always supporting the podcast. You know, one thing that he told me the other day, I didn't even know he'd be the winner yet, but uh, he said, man, you know, I'm supporting you. I'm I'm in this as much as you are. And to me, that was awesome because I don't do this podcast just for me. I want the fans to have a voice and a platform. Hence why I want the fans to send in some voice messages and give their opinions that I can put on the podcast. So I highly recommend that you do that for next week. Get your opinions and hot takes and predictions for the wide receiver spot. Send them over to me. Shoot me a DM if you don't want to record your voice, if you hate your voice like I do sometimes. But definitely don't be shy. Send it over. Be a part of the podcast because you make the Redskins fan base. And huge shout out to the Redskins Twitter account for giving me the follow, making me official. That's pretty cool because I'm a longtime fan, and uh, I think that was awesome. But stay tuned. I'm going to do some more giveaways in the future, especially leading up to the draft so you can rep some apparel wherever you go, whichever Redskins party you go to. Uh, but y'all have a great week. Thanks for tuning in once again, and I will see y'all next week. And as always, HTTR. Thanks for hailing with me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.